0: When you have those moments of where you go and meet up with your friends, or you have those moments of where you go hiking in the mountains with a group of people and you're chatting and everything, those are not moments of happiness per se, but those are moments of If you lower your expectations or allow your expectations not to exceed too high, it then in fact means that you have more moments of joy and ultimately you are happy they have found in doing research and in doing tests that companies are in fact, even more productive in doing the four day work week or a five day work week with only six hours a day. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Rob Talks podcast. And yes, It's a new year, it's 2022, and we're here for podcast episode nine. I apologize that my consistency kind of lagged towards the end of 2021, and I did have a Christmas special, but I didn't get it edited in time. But don't worry, I'm back here again to talk with you guys and to talk about what's going on in my life and around still these subjects around looking after our mental health looking after our mental well-being and being happy and fulfilled so the first thing that i wanted to go over is essentially a quick update so you may notice that my surroundings is slightly different um do not worry i am not in a prison cell um, (laughs) because for some reason this is the way that the student accommodation looks but I'm in fact in a really nice student accommodation, and I am in Norway. I am in Trondheim, Norway, yes. It's a big shift from living in the UK, but I'm going to be here for the next six months doing basically the Erasmus scheme, so studying for the next six months here in Norway. And literally has only been just over a week. I got here on the 29th and celebrated New Year's with a load of drunk Norwegians, and I'm having a great time. It's a fantastic place here at Trondheim, so if anybody ever gets a chance to come and visit Trondheim, I would highly recommend it. I would massively recommend it. And so, yeah, this is where I am, and I'm studying at NZNU, and I am doing three different courses, all about sustainable design and different things to do with product and industrial design. So I'm really excited to see what the future holds and to see what happens on my travels and my journey here in Trondheim, Norway. But anyways, the first, well I'll introduce the topics, the topics that we're going to be covering in this podcast just after that little update is firstly about Norway in fact. How do Norwegians stay happy? in The winter, because of course it's quite dark, and so I'm going to be going over what are the things I've found out already that really help you to stay happy and to stay mentally positive through these tougher months of the year. We're then going to be hitting on a very important topic I found the, that I found even important here in Trondheim, which is all about the difference between happiness and joy, and then the last topic is going to be quite an important one and it's partially because i've been struggling with it at the moment but it's getting the right amount of sleep and the importance of taking a rest and taking time to just chill but the first topic for today's podcast is all about how to stay happy in norway or at least in the winter months so The thing that may not always be obvious is that of course Norway is considerably further north than the UK which I suspect is where most people will be listening from. And so consequently the sunlight hours are massively reduced. So the sun doesn't really come up here until about 10am. So you'll get light around 8 or 9 but you don't get the sun fully up until 10. And then usually by 4 o'clock it's fully set and pitch black. So it's a very weird feeling and is quite strange. And when I first got here, it really screwed up my sleeping pattern because it was getting dark so early. And so it can be something that I've found is quite hard to adapt to at first. But within a week or so, I've kind of started to get used to it now. But I was really implored with this question I was thinking about on the plane over here. And I was so intrigued to find out and maybe I'll do some interviews with some Norwegians about this, but it's thinking about how do you get through these winter months? How do people in Scandinavian countries like Norway get through these winter months, which are really dark, really cold and can prove to have a lot of problems and you can't do all the same things like you would in the UK? And there seems to be a multitude of things that Norwegians do. So. The first thing that really we should do in the UK for one is lots of people take vitamin D and also other healthy multivitamin tablets. And so vitamin D will massively help you in terms of, of your bones and help you because of the lack of sunlight that you've had. And I've been taking vitamin D and I I, to be honest I can't really tell a difference but I suspect it is doing something good for my body and if I wasn't taking it that it wouldn't be as good but that seems to be something that Norwegians do and it's just very normal for you to do that and another thing that Norwegians do which I haven't actually done yet is quite a lot of Norwegians buy a kind of sunlight, so they'll have a light that sits in their room on like a desk side or on your bedside, cabinet, whatever it may be, and it will mimic the sunlight that you get from the sun. Now you see this with a few kind of alarm clock designs that I've seen on Amazon, but supposedly you can get this to be controlled throughout the day, so of course you can switch it off for when you wanna go to sleep, but you can also have it throughout the day so it really mimics that sunlight even when it has gone dark outside and so there are two solutions I found really interesting and kind of needed really but my solution in terms of dealing with sunlight is just that as soon as it is daylight just go outside and try to get outside and making sure that I am in sunlight as much as possible and trying to stay healthy keeping exercised and so on and so forth and there also seems to be this thing of that there are of course Norwegians and like any of us that struggle in these winter months um, because there, there is a type of depression that is called sad and I can never remember what it stands for but it's to do with the seasonality of the year that the winter months are darker and so on and so forth it then affects the um, it affects your brain and it affects your brain chemically which can consequently make you feel worse in the winter months in terms of your mental well-being but Something that I've seen already that Norwegians do really well is they really take hold of the situation that they are in and they make it as fun as possible. So it's interesting because in Norway, or at least in Trondheim here, there is so much snow. And so it means lots of problems happen in terms of transport, not being able to go places. You can't cycle anywhere. If you walk anywhere, you have quite a high chance of falling over on ice or whatever it may be, but they really relish the snow and they really relish the opportunity that snow brings. So it's as soon as you get a chance to, you can go sledging in the city. As soon as you uh, get a chance to, you can hire skis and go up to, um, there's a place just on the outskirts of Trondheim called ski Stua, and you can go and do cross country skiing there. There's nice cabins there to stay in and stay warm and, and watch the Northern lights. And so they really take the opportunities that, are within this window of the winter months and really relish in them and do the best that they can to get through. And so it feels as though that Norwegians have started to create these kind of adaptive ways to be able to adapt with what to do in the winter months which I found really interesting. And so far, I haven't really got a big enough size of people yet. I probably need a, a bigger amount of people to ask. But so far, every Norwegian I've asked seems to have a really positive mental attitude. They're just very positive in their day-to-day life. And they're very positive in terms of how they're looking out on the, on the future and getting through the winter months. And they really embrace it. And so it feels as though there is something within that of being able to adapt, but also having that positive mental attitude, which is really helping to get them through these winter months. But I thought that would be interesting to talk about. And I'm sure that I will try and find out more about this and potentially do some interviews or speak about this further on another podcast episode. But that is what I have found so far here in Norway. And I will be honest, Norwegians so far are very nice people. And (laughs) I always feel bad because, of course, I don't really speak Norwegian. So far, I can really just say thank you, which is tusen tak. Um, But apart from that, I do need to learn a lot more Norwegian. And I only really speak English. But everybody is so nice, so polite. And just, they're amazing people so far. I haven't met a bad Norwegian yet. But there's time. (laughs) I don't think it'll happen, but there's time. But anyways, we shall move on to the second topic of today's podcast, which is happiness versus joy. Now, the reason I was thinking about this is because the next six months for me studying here in Trondheim will, I feel, give me moments of where it could be perceived as happiness, but it could also be perceived as joy. And for me to explain this, what I mean is, is that as you study here in Trondheim as a student, it's very much that it's kind of typical. And as I've seen so far with uh, the group of international students, I've met mainly people from Germany uh, for some reason. I don't know why. um, Everybody is very much trying to get this balance of that. You do your studies and then you do the fun stuff on. The outside uh, of outside of your studies, so on the weekends or in the evenings, and some people um, would define this to be happiness. But in fact, when you have those moments of where you go and meet up with your friends, or you have those moments of where you go hiking in the mountains with a group of people and you're chatting and everything, those are not moments of happiness per se, but those are moments of joy. They fill you with what feels like happiness, but as soon as that activity ends, you feel different, don't you? You go home and your feelings change, your emotion may change a little bit, and that's because it's a state that you have been in, in some forms, a kind of mini flow state that you have been in that is all about experiencing a moment of joy with friends, with family, whatever it may be. But happiness is something that is kind of different in terms of that happiness is something that feels probably a lot more of a longer feeling because joy is great but fleeting whilst happiness is a longer feeling. And what I've started to find in Trondheim is that I think what will happen over the six months, as long as they go pretty well, I will have many, many, many moments of joy, and many moments that will feel like happiness, but maybe aren't truly happiness. But overall, once I have finished those six months, I truly think with the way that things have been going in the past week or two or so, I think I will be happy. And I will be so happy to be living in this city. And to be honest, I'm happy now. And a lot of that is to do with my perspective, my mental attitude, but most importantly, my gratefulness, my gratefulness for this city, this beautiful place, the amazing people that I've met so far is what really is keeping me in those moments of happiness. And it's just, it's brilliant when you can have happiness but also those moments of joy because it just brings everything up. And to be in a different country, to meet different people and to speak even to different people and be part of a different culture is something that is so interesting and something i have never done before but because i feel as though i am in a state of being happy and having those moments of joy it's really making my mental well-being feel great at the moment and so i think with this point that for us everyone listening if you want to be truly happy You have to understand what the differences are between happiness and between joy so that you don't base your happiness or what you think happiness is purely on those moments of joy because happiness is so much more. And happiness is also a journey. It's not a destination. It's not like I said, as soon as I get to Trondheim, as soon as I go to Norway, I will be happy no i i was happy before then (laughs) i i was happy at christmas i was happy in leeds where i've spent the previous six months and so that's why we have to understand what the difference is between happiness and and the difference between happiness and joy and with this i wanted to speak about in terms of with happiness you are in control of your happiness and Happiness can come in so many different forms in terms of your life in general, but also things within your life. So if it's your work, making sure that you're in a flow state that it's like those moments of where you lose track of time because you're enjoying your work so much or you just feel in a bliss, in emotion that is just so nice and such a nice space to be in. That's really what happiness can feel like. But also something which I have really set for myself being in Trondheim, being in Norway, because I think it's something that's so easy for us to do when we go on adventures like this or we do crazy things like this, is to set really high expectations. Now, this will sound weird, but when you set really high expectations and you don't meet those expectations for, say, when you're here in Norway for me, then that makes you not happy it makes you not have those moments of joy even though they should be moments of joy however if you lower your expectations or allow your expectations not to exceed too high it then in fact means that you have more moments of joy and ultimately you are happier and that's what i'm finding now i'm really trying to take an attitude of that here in norway I will never set my expectations too high, I won't expect the Northern Lights to come out every single night, I won't expect that I will be in a cabin every single weekend around a roaring fire eating marshmallows or whatever it may be, whatever those crazier high expectations will be, I will not. See them to be my expectations of my journey, of my time here in Norway. And I think that is something massively that I want to have as well once I'm back in the UK. This idea of that we don't want to set our expectations too high. Of course, you don't want to set them too low, but you want to set them at a point that allows you to be happy, that allows you to have those moments of joy and that allows you to be grateful. And something I've kind of mentioned within happiness is this idea of flow states. And flow states is maybe something that you've not heard of before, and I've only come across it recently. But flow states is something amazing of where, as I kind of said, it's where you lose track of time when you're doing something. It's where it may not be overjoyment and you're kind of like this the whole time, like beaming, smiling or whatever it is but it's something that you don't hate it. It's something, um, it's not something that you hate and it's not something that you don't like. It's in fact, something that you do like and you find joy in doing. But lots of people have different points where they have flow states. So rock climbers have moments of where they have flow states of where they'll be climbing on the rock and all of a sudden, that harder climb that they were doing all of a sudden feels easy and they're in a moment, they're in a moment of focus because they are in fact, of course, focusing, but they're also enjoying it. It's what they love to do, the exhilaration, the the moment that they are in, in that moment of life, that's their flow state. And people get this when they do work, when I'm involved in certain design projects, there are moments even, for example, today I was doing work around inclusive design, and there are moments where, you just forget about time. You forget about things that are even going on around you. You go into this flow state that means that you just feel in a weird state of bliss, of peace, of happiness, and you're so happy to be doing what you are doing. And so I think we need to think about that more in our lives and think about how we can get ourselves into those flow states. How can we control our lives in a way so that you go into those flow states when you go to work, when you do a joyous activity? Think about what those activities are. What would be that flow state for you? And see how you can incorporate that more and more into your life. And the last topic for today's podcast episode is all about rest and sleep. So. I included rest in this because this is something that I discovered in Leeds and I think I have briefly spoken about on a previous podcast episode, is that for one, we need to tackle one thing first and that is sleep. We need to make sure that we're getting a good night's sleep and something which I even heard today, which was fantastic to hear about, um, Johan Ohari who is a brilliant author has written some amazing books such as lost connections which talks about depression and mental health and actually what happens when you are depressed he's a fantastic writer has written a new book which is all talking all about our attention and our attention to technology and the lack of us living in the present and what what this is causing for us and one of the things that is spoken about within the book is all to do with people when they go to work. So we are finding that in comparison to the nine to five that we're very much used to before COVID and the kind of time that we had in COVID, there was a difference there of that people were able to control their lives more within COVID and consequently were able to get more sleep and more rest more time for yourself, more time to spend with your family, more time to do fun things that you want to do outside of work. And so what Johanna Hari was speaking about here is why we need to consider even things such as the four-day work week. Now, I'm sure loads of people will hear this and be like, yes, definitely. But the reasoning of this is because they have found in doing Research and in doing tests that companies are in fact even more productive so far, the research has proven, are more productive in doing the four day work week or a five day work week with only six hours a day. And this has been proven in teams of Microsoft in Japan, uh, within Toyota, loads of different companies who have trialed this. And I believe they trialed this in New Zealand as well in some places. It's been shown that it actually in fact improves productivity and consequently because you're spending less time at work, you are able to get a better night's sleep and you are also able to get more rest. And so this is something that we need to consider about in terms of our lives and our work-life balance that we have. We need to make sure that we allow for ourselves to have enough time to go to bed, to have technology switched off, to even have possibly your phone outside of the room. You can buy an alarm clock, you don't need your phone as an alarm. And I'm a hypocrite because I use my phone as an alarm. But you are able to have control with this, have control with your work-life balance so that you can get a better night's sleep. Now with Talking about sleep, I also mentioned rest because something which I got wrong, and I personally got this wrong because we all get things wrong. Like I'm not perfect. I got this wrong when I was in Leeds, of where I thought for me to be able to do more work and for me to be more productive, I just needed to get a good night's sleep, and that's all I needed to worry about. And that's what I did. I made sure that I was getting eight to nine hours sleep every single night, and that's the time that I needed to have. And I worked that out previously of the eight or nine hours is around about the time of sleep that I need to have. But I still woke up groggy and I still woke up feeling drained and then pushing myself throughout the day to then feel even more drained at the end of that day, which then meant I would have a line on the weekend and then I would be annoyed at myself for not doing work. And that's because the key thing that was missing within my work-life balance, within my week in Leeds, was I didn't have enough times to have a moment of rest. And this moment of rest can mean so many different things. It can mean, quite literally, you lying on your bed, having a nap, or just chilling, sitting on a sofa, watching YouTube, watching a movie, just relaxing. But for me personally, rest also means in terms of stopping your brain from worrying about what you're doing at work or what you're doing in your studies or something like that. And allowing yourself to go do something fun outside, like going for a run, going and doing some kind of exercise usually helps me. But we need to make sure that we involve those moments of rest to help our work-life balance and ultimately pair up this Quality of being able to have good moments of rest so that we can then have great nights' sleeps. If we do this and we get this control and we get this work life balance, and hopefully, fingers crossed, companies are going to start going more towards in the future of this idea of a four day work week or five days, six hours a day, we will see more productivity. But ultimately, for ourselves and for our health and for our mental well being, we'll be able to get more rest and we'll be able to get more sleep. And sleep is so vital in terms of looking after your mental well-being. It It is so, so vital. So if there is anything that you do after listening to this podcast, make sure that you get a good night's sleep tonight and that you allow for yourself to have some time for rest and to recuperate from the day, from the week, whatever it may be take those moments of rest in your life for both in terms of physical and mental terms of giving yourself a rest but i really hope that you've enjoyed this episode i hope that you're happy to hear my voice back and to hear me again and i will try and get back into the consistency of this and see maybe if we can even do some more videos and do some more videos actually out in here in Norway, in Trondheim, and show you what I'm doing, where I'm at. And really take Rob Talks into this new year and see where it goes, see what we can do with it. So please like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever it may be, according to what platform you're on, on Spotify or YouTube. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. You have just been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And please make sure to subscribe and give me a follow on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, or even LinkedIn. And I will speak with you soon. Stay safe and have a great week.